Welcome, everybody, back to Dong City, October 27th, episode 70, the Jazz Chisholm edition. And we come to you talking to you about the World Series. We were supposed to uh, get you sooner, but we had some difficulties. So, you know, game one happened, but we're still here looking to, looking to get to th- some things. How you doing, Vince? I'm doing fine. I can't get over how hard it was to get get to this episode. We uh, Yesterday, we tried to go on, realized we had a scheduling conflict. Today we try and go on, or I tried to go on, uh, and that didn't work. So now I'm glad it takes both of us, apparently. And here we are, uh, right here as Game 2 of the World Series is is set to go underway right now. Um, yeah, welcome, Henry. We've got a lot to discuss. We're going to, of course, discuss this World Series matchup. Uh, Braves taking Game 1 last night. And also we're going to send off all the teams who have been eliminated since we last spoke which was the day before the postseason started. So, or actually, no, I'm sorry. It was the day, I think, after the Yankees lost to the Red Sox, right? Yeah, day after the wild card game. Yeah, so plenty to get to. Thank you for joining us. People piling in, uh, we can see. So let's start with the World Series. We have Braves-Astros, probably not how most people drew it up. I think, if I remember, you had Braves in the World Series, right? I remember thinking that was a weird selection. Two we, weeks ago. we had so many things going on. I think I chose the Braves somewhere. Um, yeah. People thought I was nuts. I thought I was nuts, but the Braves were hot, man. This is what, you know, they were, they were doing it at, uh, I think, their post-deadline um, win-loss record was, like, they were on pace to win, like, 103 games, you know, if they – went on the same pace post-deadline move. So, you know, they, they were hot. They pushed all the right buttons at the deadline. You know, they were, they're hitting. That, that infield is insane. They acquired every outfielder available at the deadline, um, and it was it was working. You know? So, But I think on our official one with Felipe, uh, I think I had Yankees. I can't remember who the matchup was, Yankees and someone. I think it was Yankees-Braves, yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you had Yankees Braves. I remember like vehemently disagreeing on the Yankees, and I'm always wrong about the NL, so it doesn't really matter. Uh, and I had I had Rays Giants, which was the kiss of death this postseason for teams that I picked. So, um, but I will say this: the Braves is legitimately surprising to me. Um, but this is they they're pulling a 2019 Nationals. They're very hot. Hot sometimes trumps anything else. And I also have another theory about the Braves we can get to as far as how they got here and why they're here compared to maybe some of the other NL teams. Um, on the other side, it's the Astros. Now, the Astros, not surprisingly, that was my second pick behind the Rays. The only reason I picked the Rays was I thought that their pitching method was a little bit better than the Astros, and they did have the top scoring offense, although we now know it really goes a long way to be built the way the Astros are and not the way the Rays are. Yeah. <laughs> like it. I think the Astros were kind of the favorite even more so than the Rays um, in the A. I, you know, with the Rays, they scored a lot of runs, but they did it the way that we as Yankee fans always complain about an offense, which was they were very much all or nothing. They hit a lot of home runs. They struck out a lot, way more than most of the playoff teams, including the Yankees. They struck out more than the Yankees. Um, That really should have stuck out to us, but the Rays are so unorthodox and different that I was willing to overlook that, you know, and last year we saw them just hit the shit out of the ball in the playoffs anyway, and, and hit a whole bunch of home runs, mainly Randy Orozarena, and it got them to the world series. I was like, why? Like maybe they are an exception, 
Um, well, it turns out they're not. And the Astros offense, which is very built for the postseason, under 20% K rate as a team. They have the batting title winner who's 37 years old. They have Kyle Tucker, you know, batting seventh in that lineup. They've got a bunch of grizzled veterans who are used to the postseason. And, uh, and they also can hit home runs and score runs. They're, that offense has translated, and, and it's here in the World Series. It's terrifying, but they do find themselves down 1-0 in the series so far. Yeah, I mean, uh, I like everything you said except the AL batting champ, uh, Yuli Gurriel. We both know that Vlad just – he carried the Blue Jays as far as he could, man. The last two weeks, he just – he was trying too hard. And, he, and I think his batting average went from, like, 305 to, like, 280 in a, in a quick uh, uh, two yeah. weeks. So, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, the Astros is – the Astros are what, what they are. They, they That offense has been the best offense in baseball, like you said. Um too many blows when it comes to the pitching. And, and I think that may do the men will get to those predictions eventually, but yeah, I don't disagree with you, brother. Yeah. So now we get to the other aspect of this. Uh, and that is how, how the AL was won. Uh, and we'll get to the NL as well. Astros in it. We started with Red Sox beating the pretty lifeless Yankees that night. Um, Red right. Sox did a really good job shutting down an offense that was very easy to shut down. We knew it all year and that's exactly what happened. Then the Red Sox go to Tampa. And this is when the postseason starts to go off the rails a little bit. Now I'll say this, it did eliminate my world series pick. Can't get around that, but this is exactly what we discussed when we discussed our playoff preview. If the Red Sox we're going to make a deep postseason run, which I would consider that deep enough. They went to game six of the ALCS. Okay. It was going to be behind that offense. And that's exactly what happened almost to a laughable historic degree. They basically had six games where they just scored an unbelievable amount of runs. And it got them through Tampa and it got them to the doorstep of the Astros leading that series two to one. And then it all completely fell apart. I don't understand what happened. That offense was showing you that they could hit anything and anyone, and then they just totally disappeared in the end, uh, toward the tail end of the ALCS. Um, even they kicked Houston's ass. I think the first two games, first uh, game two, game three. I don't remember, but it, you know they put up big, big numbers, and we're like, oh shit, this offense is going to go toe to toe with Houston, and then they just fizzled. They scored something like 43 runs in six games. And then we're in the playoffs too. Like even in the regular season, if you have a stretch like that, that's like once a year, you might have that. Um, They did this in the playoffs against Tampa, by the way, was the best run prevention in baseball and partially, you know, one game against the Yankee. I'm not counting that in the six game strand. And then, and then Houston, who has like the second best run. I mean, this is, they faced three of the top five pitching staffs in the AL and they averaged eight runs a game against them until game four of the ALCS. And then they scored three runs the final three games of their season. Alex Cora pushed every right button. And then like after game four, the button got stuck. I don't yeah. know. What happened. I've never seen anything like it, but I will give Boston credit. They weren't supposed to be here. They weren't supposed to be in the playoffs at all. And good managing. I mean, does it again, you know, you, you you look at that Boston roster and they shouldn't have been there, but they were and, and they were kicking ass until they just fell off of a clip. So, you know, I, I hate to say credit to Boston, but you, you got to tip your hat to that team and what they did this year. 
Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of anomalies in the playoffs. Kike Hernandez hit basically 600 <laughs> until, until the whole team started falling apart. Uh, they have three grand slams in two games after having three grand slams the entire season. And that was again in the playoffs. And then, of course, yeah, the even weirder thing is that they score three runs the final three games against Houston. They get eliminated. Houston never stopped hitting. Um, and now here we are. So that, that was Boston's story. The offense was there. Now, again, I'll say the same thing I said about the White Sox this year, which I was partially wrong about, um, but also not really. And then I'll also say the same thing I said about the Yankees in 2018. Just because you have one of these runs, that's unexpected. And this was very, very much like the 2017 Yankees to me. The Red Sox season they had, they won in the low 90s. Yankees won 91 that year. They won 92 this year. Um, they, they was an audition year. The Red Sox were supposed to find out what do we need what do we have and what do we need going into the future? They were cutting payroll, just like the Yankees in 2017. And then the Yankees in 2017 go to game seven of the ALCS. Red Sox go to game six. They both lose to Houston. Um, the difference is I don't think they let their manager go. Correct. <laughs> Which was a big mistake. But my point on this is that it's not always linear when you're when you're a baseball team it, really the cubs are the only ones i can think of where 2015 they arrived 2016 they won the world series yeah. me most of the time you can either have a lateral move like the white Sox did this year or they still get eliminated in the first round uh or you might take a step back and it might be lost season like the astros had in 2016 you know because they made the playoffs in 2015 they won the world series in 2017 but 2016 they didn't make the playoffs yeah so that's my kind of warning with the Red Sox is they're in a much better, if you're a Red Sox fan, you are way happier about where the status of your franchise, you're a kind bloom believer. Now, you know, you have the payroll flexibility. You're going to probably be spenders this winter. Um, you know happens. that you've got a bunch of hitters now, but doesn't make, doesn't mean 2022 is going to be that year where they get over the hump and win the world series. No, that's they, all, they, that's, they, that's they got to go out and they got to go uh, starting pitcher shopping. Yeah, they, they definitely need another pitcher at least, and they might lose Erod. They have to. Yeah, lock him I, yeah I was going to say they they definitely lose Erod. They got to get two pitchers, I think. Um, yeah, they'll probably Basically, get one high price person and then someone via trade. I think so too. It'll be like a like a price Porcello combo. Right. You know, they're going to go for a front end. They're going to go for a steady back end. Uh, Christian Vasquez, I think they have an option on, so he'll be back one more year, and then. You know, other than that, J.D. Martinez, I think, has one more year as well before they'd have to extend him. Mm -hmm. I think he has some sort of option. Kike uh, Hernandez has one more year before his contract's up. It's he's funny Kike Hernandez has no business being in this discussion, yet here he is. He, that was actually a signing I liked. I said he was a character guy. Uh, I didn't expect him to do what he did, but that's those are the types of guys you want in the postseason. Yep. You know, those are the guys who are going to put the ball in play and make things happen. But... Red Sox will have an interesting offseason. They're in the right spot. Obviously, they very well can contend in 2022. It's just sometimes you see things like injuries. Maybe all four of your guys who are putting up MVP numbers the first half of the year don't do it next year. Who knows? Um, but that was the Red Sox story. They did what we thought they would, and it was a best-case scenario for them. They come up a little bit short. They're done. On the other side, you had the White Sox, who I think – White Sox fans were very excited for their chances against the Astros. I think most fans kind of had a feeling that that wasn't going to be the case. Uh, and the Astros pretty much manhandled them. I, I mean, that was a, a four-game series. White Sox won one there. 
I think one of the games was close, but the, the capper there was a 10-1 win on the road for the Astros to eliminate the White Sox. Um, at no yeah. point in that series did I think the White Sox had a chance. It was one of those things you, you rooted for the White Sox, um, but they weren't even in the same field, honestly. No, the Astros kind of mowed them down. So where are you if you're the White Sox? You know, they had that pitching staff we thought was good and it put up good numbers. They had an offense that, you know, had gotten relatively healthy there towards the end of the year. And it still kind of didn't click. Um, if you're the White Sox, you got to feel good about your team, though. I mean, you, 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 you took sure, a step Sure, but they're going to win the Central like the next three years, I'm sure. You, you took a step further from where you were the year before, and you, you went deep far enough. I, I think next year is the year where, you know, they make the ALCS and then World Series or go home, you know. Um, World right. Series, the bus kind of shit. But I, I think the, the White Sox have nothing to hang their heads on this year. No, it was, and I wrote this, it was a successful season for the White Sox. You cannot be upset losing to the Houston Astros, a fellow division winner. You can't be upset about winning the Central. You can't be upset about winning mid-90s games, especially given their injuries. You know, it, nothing is going to compare to the Yankees most years, but they had serious injuries. I mean, Eloy gets hurt, Robert gets hurt. All their main guys got hurt at some point. It was very much a next-man-up mentality for them this season. Total win. I mean, they're in the right spot. It's just, uh, yeah, next year is the year now you have to take that next step forward in the postseason, not just the regular season in my mind. They, oh, and that's kind of where they're at. So that's how we, we came up with Astros Red Sox. Astros, of course, doing what they do. They're in their they, uh, they go to the LCS five years in a row. They're now in the World Series three out of five years. There's two narratives I kind of want to just get, get rid of here. I've seen I've seen two things. I'll address the Braves first. I think we've seen the Braves don't belong here. They're they're only an 88 win team. The Braves being in the World Series shows you that the MLB season is indeed a marathon. I mean, it, it's a long, grueling season. They lost their best player, which is probably and arguably the best player in all of baseball. Yeah, you have your Mike Trouts, you have you have your Fernando Tatis, but. Rodden Acuna Jr. is probably the best player in baseball right now. If, if you think if you gave anybody, any GM, a, a chance to pick one player to start their franchise with, I think Acuna is the, the hands-down favorite, you know, Acuna, Soto, those guys. Um, but the Braves made the moves they needed to make in the, in the trade deadline. They made the right moves. They lost a superstar. They replaced him with four pieces. They took four spots up on their roster to replace Ronald Acuna Jr.'s production and energy and everything he brings you, and they did it right. They chose the right guys. They traded virtually nothing for these four guys, and it worked out. And their record in the second half of the season, I think, was the best in all of baseball. So the narrative that they are just an 88-win team and don't belong, I think, is a false one. Um, the other narrative, which I've seen, which is extremely laughable, where these guys, the trash trolls. Yeah. By the way, this was supposed to be one of your gifts that came super late <laughs> last year. <laughs> I fully accept that if that's my gift again yeah. this year. Um, you know, this narrative that they're vindicated because they're in the World Series. And I'm, I'm different. I, I sit there and I say, hey, no. This is one of the reasons a lot of baseball fans were pissed off because this team was talented enough. This team was good enough. It's the Barry Bonds effect. They were so fucking good that they didn't need to cheat. And yeah. in fact, they still felt the need to cheat. They got caught cheating. And then somehow, you know, some people look at them like the victims. And I'm like, are you guys fucking kidding me? 
part of the reason why everyone in baseball was upset was because this team was so talented and so good that there was absolutely no reason for them to cheat. And that's what you're seeing now. They're still good. They still have a great manager in Dusty Baker, who's been in oh, what, this 24th season of managing. I mean, so this yeah. is what you're seeing is that you, it's a really good team and they, they deserve to be up there, but you didn't have to cheat and you did. So I don't, I want to get rid of that narrative that they're, they're somehow vindicated for what happened in 2017 and 2018. Yeah. And to expand on both of those, because those are both in my mind too. We'll start with the Braves. Everyone's saying how they lose their best player and then all of a sudden they turn their season around and they win. And there is a little Ewing theory. If you subscribe to Bill Simmons here, they did lose their best player and they did turn their season around. But here's where, when we went into the NLCS, it was Dodgers Braves and they were running the same narrative, overcoming injuries, not to take anything away from the Braves. They very fair and square won the NL and are winning in the world series right now. But those are not created equally. <laughs> the Dodgers lost Justin Turner in that series. They lost Max Muncy like the week before. And they lost Trevor Bauer and Clayton Kershaw, which they didn't plan on after the trade deadline. You know, they didn't know Bauer was going to be out the rest of the year at that point, And they didn't know Kershaw was not going to come back from injury. So you can't make up for those injuries if you're the Dodgers. They just lose that depth. And those that whereas the Braves, what you said, they lost to Cunha early. They lost to Zuna early. Those are two big bats. You know, I'm not saying that they didn't deal with injuries, but they had time at the deadline to correct it, and they did to their credit. And that's where I can compare them to the Yankees. The Yankees and Braves both went into that deadline and were probably the two busiest teams, and they both were in the same spot, basically 500. Big difference, AL East. You couldn't win it if you were the Yankees at that point, but the Braves still had their division wide open. But the main difference here is every single guy the Braves hit on, Peterson, Rosario, uh, I think Duvall was one of them, and um, I'm drawing a blank on the fourth one, but all four of their guys were hit, uh, Solaire. All four of those guys were hits for the Braves. They contributed, they're contributing in the postseason, and they're contributing now, whereas the Yankees had Rizzo, who was great when he started, then got COVID, was out for a while, then came back and struggled, and then was great again at the end. And then you had Gallo, who was terrible, and Haney, who was terrible. Those were three of their main moves. They had some relievers who worked out. But that's really the difference. The Braves, you credit them for their deadline work, but the Dodgers did not have that opportunity. And that's where the injuries are different to me. The Dodgers couldn't compensate. The Braves can, and they did. Yeah. So those there's aren't also, equal to me. There's, there's also a lot of people shitting on the, the Dodgers and saying they were a COVID champion. The Dodgers are a damn good team. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. That's a team who won 106 games with – or 105 games with many, many injuries. You play that series 10 times, you have a different winner every time. It, it, it's, yeah, you know. and, I, and I think the Dodgers ran out of gas to an extent. Deep postseason run last year. I know it was a shortened season, but those postseason runs were extended and take a lot out of you. And then, if, you know, they still played more than everyone else did last year. And then this season, it's a full season – and, uh, and they, they won like four consecutive elimination games. They also had the game down 2-0 to the Braves they had to win, which they did. It really wasn't until game six that they actually lost, and that was it. And they had to play the play-in, which we know, you know, my feelings and your feelings on that uh, and everything else. So, you know, it's with the NL, a, I picked it. It's been a pretty good um postseason I, I would love to see what the, the viewership looks like I mean I guarantee you anything involving the Brewers and the Cardinals will suck viewership wise yeah. but for the most part the games have been pretty good this postseason 
Well, you got Dodgers, Cardinals. Um, I imagine two pretty good fan bases that that probably drew okay. Uh, Brewers, Braves, I'm sure did terribly. And that was a boring series on top mm-hmm. of it. After game one, the Brewers really weren't there anymore. Um, Giants, Dodgers was a classic. I mean, that was something long overdue between those two franchises. That was, again, I figured whoever won that series was going to go to the World Series. That's why I picked the Giants, and I was off by a game, and then the Dodgers didn't end up beating the Braves. So that, that's where it all went wrong for me. But, um, you know, and then Braves-Dodgers, you had the rematch narrative, and the Braves won this time. Credit credit to them. It's just the narrative I saw on the Braves side was these teams, like, you saw those memes that were like, well, the you know, the Dodgers lost these guys. Well, the Braves lost these guys. That That's not equal footing. It's stupid. And – on the AL side, so the Astros narrative, this is the one that really drives me nuts, is that if they win in this in 2021, it validates 2017. It does not do that. Right. <laughs> you have, half that roster is different. And on top of that, the opponents are different. You're not facing the 2017 Yankees or the 2017 Dodgers. So it means nothing. This year means nothing compared to 2017. All it means is that presumably the Houston Astros can win the World Series without cheating. It, it, has not, it does not mean they won a World Series without cheating. It right, means now they can do it. Is what I said. They were always talented enough to win. They've always been one of the better teams, which they didn't yeah. have to cheat. Right. And if anything, if they do win the World Series, if they come back in the series and win it, all it means to me is that 2018, they couldn't get over the hump without cheating. Mm-hmm. 2019, they couldn't get over the hump without cheating. 2020, they couldn't get over the hump without cheating. So what does it mean that in 2021, they can Like that, it still means nothing to me. So those are kind of all of their paths. Now, Astros, you know, I had said in 2018, thereabouts, 2019, maybe, that 2022 was kind of the end of the road for the Astros. Um, Now, I expected that to be the end of the the road for Granke and for Verlander. They basically are non-factors and the Astros are still in the World Series. So probably wrong about that. I, I think... The Astros just keep developing talent, and they've got their system, so I'm sure they're going to stick around. Um, like uh, Astros took a one nothing lead on a Alex Bregman sack fly. Alex Bregman sack fly, which set history, not just for the sack fly portion. I just found this out. The first time two Jewish people faced off in a World Series game against each other, as Max Fried is also Jewish, ever Did in the history of that. baseball. Did not I did not either until about 20 minutes ago. You're telling and me I'm shocked. Don Green never faced anyone that was Jewish? Don Green never faced anyone. Kevin Euclid never faced anyone who was Jewish. That can't be right. I didn't think so either. But you think about it like, you know, first of all, there aren't that many Jewish baseball players. Sean Green, had to, Sean Green had to have faced a Jewish player. When was he in the World Series? Oh, you said uh, World Series. I thought you meant... Ever. Okay. Okay. I can see that. No, no, no. That's happened, I'm sure, thousands of times. Yeah. This is the first, that was the first at bat a Jewish player faced another Jewish player in a World Series game. Okay. So, I mean, we're we getting a, w, a WBC Israel team. I mean, we... <laughs> <laughs> they turned heads last time. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, anyway, kind of, kind of nice. There's a sack fly there. There was some uh, action on that one. So, remember that forever. Astros take the lead I, here in game I didn't season. know Alex Bregman was Jewish, by the way. I yeah, I did. Um, probably about two years ago. Yeah, he he is Jewish. Fried is Jewish. Uh, I think that's probably it for these two teams. There's uh, some uh, random uh, ones. Too. Been Jewish because he's been cheap with the hits. I mean, 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. And they're, they're like, let me stop while I'm ahead. <laughs> yeah. The, I don't want to get us canceled. Um, for real. So anyway, so that was historic for that reason. Um, so we have this world series matchup now, Braves Astros. Now I've got my own narratives that I always run with the Braves, which is that the city of Atlanta can't close the deal ever. So naturally I picked the Astros in five, but I did say if the, if the Braves were going to win, it'd probably be in seven. They'll be because they're so hot. Like just nothing makes sense. So your official pick is Astros in five. Astros in five is my official pick. I of course made that pick before yesterday. So now the Astros have to win the next. I, I went ahead and chose the Braves in seven before yesterday. Um, partly because I'm just hating on the Astros, um, mainly because I think when you match this team up, I think it's easy to say the Astros offense and you think that's it, but the Astros have no pitching. I'm not a fan of the Astros bullpen. I don't like the Astros pitching. I thought if they were going to go anywhere, they needed Fran Valdez to be really good, and then he absolutely laid an egg yesterday. Charlie Morton's loss hurts big time. Yeah. Um. But it can kind of have that thing where that's when it for Charlie kind of thing. Right. But yeah. I, I, and I do we know who replaced him on the roster? I assume there's a pitcher. I don't know who. I do not. I don't know what their injuries were, what their injury. Uh, I look, the thing to me, I, I matched up these teams. And if you look at that infield matchup, I I think the the Braves just wiped the floor with them. Uh, Freeman, Albie, Swanson, Riley. I'm sorry. The only edge I give the, the, the Astros is Correa at shortstop. Other than that, that whole infield is, is amazing. Um, so I, I think a lot of people will sleep on, on the Braves, but yeah, my official pick is the Braves in seven. I obviously would love that. I mean, I'm fully 100% rooting for the Braves in this series. Um, I, I think that the two things I look at that concern me if I'm rooting for the Braves one is that the Houston Astros, to me, have a deeper offense. It doesn't necessarily mean better, and it doesn't mean that in this series that means it's going to do better. But the Astros, one through eight, one through seven are legitimately terrifying, and one through eight are legitimately productive. The only guy who's not is Martin, is Martin Maldonado. Uh, who's just a fantastic defensive catcher. That's why he plays 90% of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, the Braves, which doesn't get talked about nearly enough, for better or worse, half of that lineup were MVP candidates this year. Mm-hmm. Ronald Acuna was an MVP candidate before he got injured. Ozzy Albi is an MVP candidate. Freddie Freeman's an MVP candidate. And Austin Riley Austin maybe Riley's is the, the biggest, biggest one of all. Yeah, he's the biggest, yeah. He's the biggest threat to... to uh... Bryce Harper winning the MVP. <laughs> yes. Now, I was not in tune to that until my one of my best friends, a diehard Braves fan, he pointed it out. He said, Austin Riley is not even being listed on MVP lists, and his numbers are comparable. They, at the time, they were comparable to Harper. I would say they probably exceeded Harper by the end of the year, and he's not mentioned anywhere. And This me, guy's the best those, of all three. To me, that would be one and two. I, I'd, I'd go Harper yeah. one and Riley two and then, and then Tatis. Yeah, and then I'd probably have Soto – Rounding out the top four there. You know what? Uh, I Freeman think would that, probably I, be fifth. I take that back. I think I would have Soto ahead of Tatis. I think I'd have, yeah, I'd go Soto three, Tatis four, and probably Freddie Freeman would be five. Yeah. Um, Ozzy Albi is probably in the top 10 for sure somewhere. Ozzy Albi's, I, I called that breakout. I said he'd be the comeback player of the year, but of course, Trey Mancini stealing that one. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, Mancini, the second he stepped on the field, was going to win it. Rightfully right. so. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. You're getting now, the Alex Smith treatment. So the reason I bring that up about the Braves is that, obviously, having three healthy MVP candidates makes your lineup pretty menacing, and, and, and they've all been productive in the postseason. Eddie Rosario has been red hot. Um, Jorge Soler has been productive. Jock Peterson has been productive in the little situations they use him. Adam Duvall, Travis Dayarnod, Dansby Swanson. These are guys who are chipping in, uh, but they also can be shut down, I think, a little bit easier than you look at the Astros. Top. I mean, the Astros top seven is ridiculous. <laughs> it is Altuve, who has been just ice cold this entire postseason but that can change he's hitting under 200 for the postseason um, I'm, I'm i'm gonna wait until i get to that but yeah I'm michael brantley that. who is a perennial batting title contender bregman who's a former mvp Jordan alvarez who's probably the hottest hitter out of all of them yep. carlos correa who is having an, his best season walking into a, a free agency year kyle tucker who probably had you know he had his breakout year Yuli Goriel, who's today batting seventh, he's, he's, like I said, the batting champion. And then you have, like, whoever's starting in center field randomly, but they always seem like they're they're okay, they're chipping in, like the four guys on the Braves are, then any of Maldonado. So that's the first thing. I, I think the Braves lineup can obviously hang with the Astros, but the Astros have a little bit more staying power to me. If those guys – if some of those Braves guys who are chipping in get cold – it's easier to shut down that lineup and pitch around those guys than it is the Astros. That's that's my first concern. My other concern is now that Morton's out, you have the same Max Fried and Ian Anderson basically as your only two starters for the Braves, which concerns me. Not because they're not good, but you just I I don't like having two starters get you through the entire series, especially against these guys. I mean, they Um, were they were already going to go. They were already going to go with with uh, a bullpen game, one of the games. Now yeah. you probably have to do it two games. It's it, it's rough. Yeah, and that kind of counters what my main concern. You kind of touched on it with the Astros would be, which is that they have to be running out of gas at this point. Like those guys have all pitched constantly. It seems like the, the like the Red Sox gave them hell. You know, maybe not towards the end, but most of that series, they, it was pitching change after pitching change to stay afloat, and. Uh, and, you know, the White Sox hit them a little bit, but th- those guys have to be, I mean, they they are basically the pitching equivalent of the Dodgers on fumes. The only difference between Dodgers and Astros to me is that the Astros lineup stayed intact and the Dodgers not only lost Turner and Muncie, but Trey Turner just was not productive. Uh, and they had a couple of those guys who just didn't hit. So that's the main difference. So to me, that if I am a Braves fan, the biggest thing I'm hanging my hat on is that that, Astros pitching staff might just be at the end of their rope. Well, you, you, you can take have, advantage of that. And they have Eddie Rosario. I mean, there's always a guy that you don't expect, right? And you yeah. look at Eddie Rosario, and you guys know me. I'm, I'm a big, big, big WBC guy. And I remember him in 2013, before he made the majors, he was on the 2013 Puerto Rico team. Um, and I was like, who the hell is this guy? And he played well. He was on the last uh, WBC team, and he absolutely crushed it when he was with the Twins. Now you look at his postseason numbers, not, not just this postseason. His postseason for the career, his OPS is 11.04. Eddie Rosario is one of those guys who's a good ball player, and when the moment comes, he's a great ball player. He's just one of those guys that 
he takes it to the next level and, and he's having an absolutely fantastic, fantastic postseason. And I think he's one of those guys that's going to continue to get big hits um, when they need it. And, and I don't know how much he can carry an offense, but I think he can get a bunch of big hits when they need it, you know? Yeah. And they're very much relying on that basically. Yeah. Um, I, I think Rosario is the one who homered in the 2017 play in for the twins hit that three run home run off Severino before DD tied it. And tell you right now. Yep. Cause that would have been his welcome to the postseason moment. Yep. That would have been was, his first at bat. He was one for three with the home run to RBIs. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, so from day one, from at bat one, Eddie Rosario has been a gamer. <laughs> so, That's what he um, but I, I also think, Another thing that no one talks about is Houston's at a big, big disadvantage in those middle games that are in Atlanta because they can't use a DH. Not having yeah. a DH is a huge, huge disadvantage for them, and I think that's going to hurt them, and I think they'll lose two of those three games in Atlanta. I wonder, which, by the way, speaking of chipping in, Travis, they are not right on time. Solo home run game tied. Travis Darno, man. Darno. Um, <laughs> I'll never give him the know, benefit I, of the doubt I, because I he had a walk-off off me. Um and it's Houston, funny because so, my, my father-in-law is here at my house. Right? He's staying with us for the week. Yeah. Darno came up yesterday, and he's looking at his postseason stats, and he's a diehard Met fan. And he's like, this fucking guy sucks. I remember when he was with, boom, opposite field hit. He walks away. He scores a run. He's like, this fucking guy. And then now you said that. I actually was going to have him on the podcast with us just for a little bit. And yeah. he was he was good to go. And then – he was like, what do you guys talk about? I'm like, baseball is what we talk about all the time. And he just got gun shy and he decided not to show up. It happens. It happens. Um, yeah, I mean, they're going to lose Brantley or Alvarez. I don't think there's any way around that. They have to lose one of those guys. I think you got to play Brantley. I'm sorry. You, you got to get both sides of that ball. I wonder, can, Al- can Alvarez play first and then you lose Yuli? Because I'd rather do that. Even though I like Yuli's defense. Yuli's a good defense defender. Yeah. I don't think you want to lose that defense. Yeah, that's just uh, – I mean, they're both lefties. So you're basically I'm – you, if yeah. I'm the Braves, I'm pitching a lefty in Atlanta as often as possible. Yeah. It's it's a big – it's a those, those middle games in Atlanta hurt big time for Houston. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. It, it's – I don't have a good reason except for I really like Atlanta's – I mean, I really like just Houston's lineup. It's deadly to me. I don't have a good reason to pick against the Braves. I just think that uh, I, I I just mainly what this is is just my Atlanta narrative. There is this is now in territory like the 2016 Cubs. I'll believe at some it point, I at some point, it got to go away, right? You would think, but and it's if, across if, all sports and look, college level. That's what's crazy. If they're gonna make Vince look bad, let it be this moment again. For the love Vince. of God, yeah! Please don't win the 2022 World Series if you're the Braves. Like, if you are going to show me up and and show that your half-assed front office that never commits to long deals unless they're beating women that they'll find out later. It, unless you're go, if you are ever going to show me up that you're doing the right thing and you have a good front office and you can get over the hump of choking year after year, please be this season against the Astros. Do not let it be next year or any other future year. This one. Yeah. Show me up now. Prove me wrong now. I was, uh, I hope you're right. I was reading something earlier um, and I took an episode. I wish I remembered who the writer was so I could credit them. I think it was Joel Sherman. I'm not sure, but he wrote an article. I want to say it was him. I, I don't remember. 
um, there was an article written about how pitching, um, starting pitching has basically been dead in the postseason. And there was something I wrote, which is, I saw, I took this episode, it said, uh, Charlie Morton actually amassed one or more out more than the Houston counterpart, Fran Bravados, making marking the 20th and 21st time in 64 total starts this season where a starter or opener failed to go beyond the third inning. 30 have failed to complete four innings. 38 failed to go five. So no one starting pitching in the postseason, that shit is dead. Um, everyone's yeah. just carrying a shitload of bullpen arms and they're mixing and matching. Uh, I'm not a fan of it. I kind of like the, the the postseason starting pitcher horse. I guess that's where I'm old school. Um, Charlie Morton, whether he was giving you four or five innings, was going to go game one, four, and probably seven. So his loss is tremendous. Um, but th- this is the way games are played in the postseason. I mean, you saw Garrett Cole get his shit rocked and they didn't go past three. This this is yeah. what, this is what it is. Yeah, it's uh, I mean, Morton was definitely making at least one more start and at least one more relief appearance in my mind at like bare minimum. He was coming in two more times, uh, especially after they won game one, because he knew he was pitching game four, probably. And then at that and then would be in relief, you know, sometime after that. But yeah, it's a little disheartening to see. Uh, I'm a big fan. You know, I, as much as I hated this postseason, like I remember Josh Beckett in 07 just completely dominating everyone in that postseason. And uh, CC in, in 2009, you know, really, I wouldn't say he was flat out dominant, but he did put the Yankees on his back when he started. He won yeah, most those, of those games. Those CC, um, the Tanakas, I get, yeah, those guys, yeah, you gotta love them. Exactly. Uh, I, I miss that. I'm curious. Because the biggest thing for me when they started this blending stuff, I would say it was probably like 2018. The Red Sox, you know, with Alex Cora was kind of the first time we saw it to this extent where he was just straight up bringing in starters out of relief and, you know, and, and things like that. Besides the Rays, who just didn't have starters. Um, I'm curious how this affects next their arms next year. Look, he heard me talking shit. Look, look, look. Yeah. Are you here to talk baseball? This is my father-in-law, Alberto, a big Mets fan. (laughs) He was scared to be on camera. Look at that face. He never laughs that much. (laughs) Yeah. He's ready. Atlanta or Houston? Oh, Houston. Why? Why? Because, first of all, Atlanta lost their key pitcher for at least three starts, if not late inning relief in the seventh inning or in the seventh game. See that? Um, Same thing I said. You know, he's going to lose. Uh, Atlanta's down. Besides, I'm a Met fan, and you think I, you you think I want Atlanta to win <laughs> the East? No, that was my follow-up question. Are you saying this for the same reason Henry's picking the Braves, that he won't pick against the Astros and you won't pick against the Braves, or yeah. and you won't pick the Braves? Look at the shirt. For the mo- yeah. for- <laughs> For the most part, yes. For the most part, <laughs> I don't. I don't blame you. But the problem with the Yankee fans is that they're doing it for other reasons. You understand? The yeah. the Yankee fans are doing it because they still feel they got cheated. Well, then we did. Yeah, that that didn't change. Well, did, did I hear the word "we"? <laughs> did I hear the word "we"? Yeah, I got cheated. I got cheated. You're a Yankee fan. Yeah. Yes. Oh, come on. This, this, this is what, get over this is what it. I get. See get what I, over it. This is what I, this is what I gotta I deal will, with all the time. I will get over it the next time I have a World Series appearance. That's how that works. Until no. that happens, I got robbed of one. You're, you're not gonna get another World Series 
Uh, you know why? Not at this rate. Well, not a, it's not the rate. You guys have the team. It's just yeah. that you don't have the manager. I mean, we well, that you are you are not breaking new ground on this show. We do not like Aaron Boone here, yeah. so it's. Uh, I didn't I even agree. set. I didn't even set that up. That just that's perfect. Yeah. Everyone knows how much we fucking hate Aaron Boone on yeah. this. Yeah, that's actually a prerequisite to be on this show. Is you have to hate Aaron Boone. Absolutely. Listen. So he fulfilled. I, I, he fulfilled that obligation. If you're gonna be on the show, you gotta hate Aaron Boone. So he's got <laughs> yes. that out the way. All right. So listen. I'll tell you what. <laughs> Give me that team. I'll take you to the promise. You can't. Man. You can't do worse than you understand? <laughs> Honestly, you. Really I agree. I. I think I. Can, I can manage that team better than Aaron Boone. I'm one like I get asked that like people try and bullshit with me in baseball life about that where they're like you think you could do better and I 100 percent honest to God think I can absolutely having coached co-ed softball. Uh, and made those lineups. I think that's enough of a resume <laughs> to be better than Aaron Boone. I as a guarantee you, I can manage the Yankees. Um, game wise, I bet you I can manage that that uh locker room. I can manage everything way better than Aaron Boone, including the bullpen. Including I'll have, the bullpen. I'll have Aaron Judge wearing SMD shirts uh, to press conferences when happens. Yes. won't even know what the hell that is. Well, this goes into my this goes into my belief system. I think analytics are great for developing hitters, organizational talent, scouting. I think it's made huge advancements in that regard. I think analytics is terrible for managers because all it does is it gives you a preordained script, which works some of the time. But when it comes to the playoffs, when almost nothing goes according to plan and you have to think on your feet, these managers like Boone can't do it. They're not capable. They don't actually have the intelligence to make these decisions like someone like Cora does. And you see it time and time again in the postseason. The only exception has been Dave Roberts, and he barely won a World Series with a team that was so good it probably could have won like 120 games if it was a normal Absolutely. season. So that, that's my problem, is that Aaron Boone, yes, he wins games. Like you said, sir, the, the Yankees roster is World Series caliber. They're not getting there because they do nothing else that gives them an advantage. <laughs> they don't have the, the right hitting philosophy. They don't have the right manager. They do nothing else that gives them an advantage to get over the hump. By the, I'll on. tell you what. Hold on, hold on. Jose Siri singles on a ground ball scores. I don't know who the hell Jose Siri is. I told you. He's one of those made-up guys the Astros put in center field who magically get these good hits. It's what they do. Now Martin Maldonado singles, and it's a two-run. It's it's 4-1 to one Houston, so. That is ugly real quick. Yep. My predictions uh, are like, oh, my God. Listen, going back to the Yankee lineup, if <laughs> yeah. you actually put all the names in a bag and you pick them out, you got a winning team. Yes. Let Boom manage that bag and, and you can forget up. about it. Don't fuck it up. He'll, he's the worst. Tell him. Um. You can pull a Billy Martin and put a line, pull a lineup out of a hat, and it'll be just as effective as Aaron Boots. Absolutely. Yeah, Man. Luke Voigt batting leadoff. I mean, this guy, like, there are no rules for how bad an Aaron Boone lineup and bullpen decisions could be. So he 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 made his Dong City debut. He was a little reluctant. I told him I'll get that, him on. So that was an A plus. He came in here. He bashes Aaron Boone, and he rightfully picked the Astros. Even though I hate them, I'm with him. I think the Astros are going to win this series. So so I'm going to stick with my prediction, Braves in seven. I'd say Astros Astros in six. Yeah, that seems I don't think it'll go seven, especially with the loss of 
of Morton. So it, it is it is a big loss. I mean that that's an arm that that's a a four plus inning arm that the Braves now don't have. So exactly four plus. That's but it. That's big. That would, that that's almost been, half the game. That would have been three starts out of seven. Yeah. No. I I completely. I mean I I don't mean that facetiously. I mean that. Everyone else is a one to two inning arm. You lose a four inning arm. You've lost, you know, basically two to three pitchers there in modern baseball. I'll tell you what. I think their bullpen can hold their own if they actually do a bullpen game or two actually bullpen games every time that Morton was supposed to. They're going to have to. And and yeah. I think then maybe and only maybe will the Braves win. And as for you, Yank, as as for you haters that do not go. want to see go. Houston win, yeah. please bury the hatchet. Oh, they the did hat. cheat. They did cheat, but the same team is winning now. So maybe, you know, come on, guys. It's time to let it go. All right? It is not the same team. But I will give you credit because you have evolved far more than most Mets fans that I speak to who won't even acknowledge that their cheating mattered or happened or whatever. So I'll give you that credit. And I was the biggest Astros fan in the world for one week, and it was this past week. <laughs> now I'm back to hating your guts because they knocked out the rest. I was just hoping both teams <laughs> just beat each other to a draw or tie somehow. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I would have preferred like they had like four or five guys get hurt in that series before taking out the Red yeah. Sox, but it didn't happen that way. So oh, I am keeping wild pitch. Wild pitch. Thank Thank you one. And let's go Thank you for your service. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Now we yeah. now we got a Mets fan perspective, still hating. Aaron Boone and thinking he's a terrible that manager. Shit was hilarious and not planned. Yeah, uh, I think he gives me complain about Boone enough, though. Yeah, we'll wait till the off season. I mean, I you know we have an entire off season to focus on this. And we haven't even touched on the extension, so right. Uh, yes, which was something else that happened, unfortunately. Um, but I will say that I, I what I said, I feel um, if you treat this like pirates treat their victims. And you just kill everyone around Boone. I think you can neutralize him. Like if you give him a veteran bench coach who knows baseball really well and can offer that perspective, and you replace the third base coach, that's a small thing to re- to replace. And you get an actual analytics. Here's the thing about the Yankees: the Yankees have the wrong philosophy. Like their their major league philosophy of hitting doesn't. It's outdated and stupid. You know they think Luke Voigt is going to win the World Series. It's not going to happen. But organizationally like below that they really know what they're doing right so i'm hoping that they take those that kind of teaching and bring that to the hitting coach here like if you if you take a guy anyone from that organization from the minor leagues and bring them up those guys do have the right approach of course i mean it it happened with matt blake i mean you saw it on the pitching end right so now i wonder how much of it is how much of it is that they don't have the right approach, which I do think Marcus Thames was more of like an exit velocity, you know, uh, launch angle guy. And how much of it is just not having the right pieces. You know, I'm a Marcus Thames fan. I I like Marcus Thames, but. I think he lobotomized. We needed a scapegoat for sure. Yeah. yeah. I think Marcus Thames lobotomized certain guys, but I do think part of it now is very much on Brian Cashman that, they don't have the pieces to be dynamic. 
They, that's really. what they have to do this winter is they have to get rid of about half of that lineup four of those guys and put in more dynamic pieces. I, I look at the Braves lineup and I get jealous because they have three lefties and a switch hitter. And it's just, I just get jealous. Yeah. Well, so look, I mean, look through, we can start with the Braves lineup. First of all, like you mentioned, their handedness, that doesn't matter. I mean, there's a phase where Brian Cashman was like, well, our righties hit hard the opposite way. It doesn't matter. It, you're, you're throwing in different paths. If you're a lefty or a righty pitcher to different parts of the plate, that matters. You want to force yeah. them to have to do that. And being all on the same side of the plate doesn't do that. But you have Eddie Rosario pretty fast. Freddie Freeman's a contact beast who has who also has great exit velocity. Ozzy Albi is one of the fastest guys in the majors. Austin Riley is a righty version of a lefty Freddie Freeman. And then you have Soler is a righty, but Jock Peterson's kind of his lefty opposite. Right. Um, and then the, and then Darno and Swanson are contact guys relative to their positions. And then you have Duval, who, yeah, I mean, it's a very balanced lineup. It's getting real ugly fast. Michael Brantley singled Martin Maldonado score five to one. Max Fried is getting lit the fuck up. That's a bad sign for the Braves because that's one of those. Getting rocked. And you want to talk about balance? I already wrote about this, but we can go back to it. Jose Altuve right-handed. Michael Brantley left-handed. Alex Bregman right-handed. Jordan Alvarez left-handed. Carlos Correa right-handed. Kyle Tucker left-handed. Yuli Goriel right-handed. You need left-handed hitters in your lineup. You just need it. You have two guys who can win the batting title any given year. You have Altuve who could steal 30 bases if he had to. Correa and Alvarez are hard to get out. I, I mean, Bregman's hard to get out. Like, it just, mm-hmm. yeah, that's a lineup that's going to get you deep into the postseason. And the sick thing now is that the, the Yankees have the pitching. They're right there with the pitching. Um, the Astros have the pitching, obviously. The Braves, I think their pitching has come on. I think their pitching is hot. <laughs> but... Those lineups play. I mean, I think that is the single most important thing. It is hot right now, but for the wrong reasons. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, 5-1 now. My goodness. No, um, we need to do, we need to do like, uh, you know, Monday Night Football has Payton and Eli while the, while the game. We, we need to somehow simulcast a game as it's getting played and having us just fucking comment live as things are happening. Yeah, I think that would be great. I would love to do that for a Yankee game because I'm telling you, there's so many things that you can predict in a Yankee game before it actually happens. We probably have to pick like a Sunday night baseball game during the regular season where it's just the Yankees playing and and do that. I, I would not mind doing that at all. And it would solve my current problem, which is that I'm not getting the comments. Like I have to refresh every time to get a new... A new yeah. comment, which is very annoying, because now I see Joey's joined, and Wendy's joined, and Ricky's contributing, and uh, that's very frustrating, so I'm going to have to figure that out with Facebook. But yeah, Joey seems very happy. <laughs> Max Fried is getting destroyed. Oh, yeah, Jacob, or one of the guys that told you Atlanta wasn't real all year, so you know they're rooting for the Astros. Yep. Um, Wendy's saying Louis Soho. You know, third base coach, one of those things where I'm just like, I don't think there's metrics that you can hire a good one. I would just hire someone who's experienced and has yeah. done it. Like if you've done it and you didn't get fired, you're probably a good choice. Joey Cora, bring him over third base coach, make him a backup option, the manager. Don't even get me started on Joey Cora train. I've been on this train for three years now. I've been 
chanting Joey Cora's name, people are like, why Joey Cora? Even you at the beginning were like, why Joe? I'm telling you, Joey Cora is going to be a very good manager in this league. No, I think he will. I just hate his guts. I, I never questioned his managerial acumen. Look, I we just had hate. Johnny Damon play pitch for play for us. I mean, yeah. Well, that I'm okay with though. He no, didn't hurt me at eight years old. I must have been 28 when he hurt me. <laughs> I had several titles under my belt by the time Johnny Damon came into the picture. Joey Cora was before I had any. That was a vulnerable time. Uh, and he ran outside of the baseline twice. So that I'll never forgive him for. It was great watching him cry in the ALCS, like actually ball into his towel when they were eliminated. But it, you know, didn't didn't really correct everything for me. It's funny. It's five to one, and it's only the end of the second inning. This is another thing. This has been brought up a million times, but the time, the length of these games, man, and the the time. I think the time sucks. First of all, you're starting eight oh nine Eastern time. And the game is in Houston. So, I mean, I guess it makes sense for Houston. When you're in Atlanta, this it should be starting at 7 p.m. in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, I get it when there's West Coast teams involved, but this is just stupid. 8.09 start games, start it's times cool. during the week are so stupid. It makes no sense. Start the game at 6 o'clock. And on top of that, these games are three and a half hours is the minimum now. It's just uh, they – this should be part of the CBA, and we'll have a lot of time to talk about everything that's going to be discussed. And they, and they got lucky. They got lucky that there was no cold weather teams in this world in this World Series because starting in November, uh, playing a game this, that's going to go this deep into November is terrible. Yeah, it's the length of these games. It's just painful. I mean, you can be a legacy baseball fan and say I love the game no matter what, and that's fine. But you have to be able to reason with the fact that this is not the optimal product we're watching. This is not the greatest baseball you've ever seen. And it's not the most desirable time. And there's no such thing as more baseball is better. You wouldn't ask for a 300 game season. So that's a load of shit. You only uh, it's enjoy it if your team better. is winning. It's the only time you enjoy it. You don't give a shit what's happening if your team is winning. Right. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, the length of these games is just, I'm in bed by the fourth or fifth inning of a World Series game. It's just that shouldn't be the case. These games should be, you, they should be starting. Get all, six, the, get, get all the sleep you can now in a couple months. You won't be <laughs> yeah. Well, I just wait. Like I'm, I'm dreading, like imagining having a daughter in, I'm not dreading that. I'm imagining having a daughter in, in the beginning of next season and if by some miracle the Yankees are in the World Series, like I'm gonna have a I'm gonna be the father of an under one-year-old trying to stay up until midnight to watch these World Series games. I'll tell you what, you'll be watching a lot of the West Coast games. <laughs> it's it's yes, it is ridiculous. I would rather be I'm gonna be waking up in the middle of the night before these games are ended. It's just it's real, silly. Real quick, real quick, uh the way that the Braves respond to that long ass inning where they got lit up yeah one two three shut down innings man put that on my gravestone that is to me i that should that should be a stat that is mentioned when you see the pitcher lines when they come into games for relievers particularly that or no i'm sorry for starters in particular i want to know how many shutdown innings you have and what the percentage of them are 
That matters so much to me, and it's never mentioned. Three outs on seven pitches. That's just terrible. That's like a turbo. They're nervous. They're nervous. Well, now it's going to go back to Atlanta, and you know the Astros did their job. All of the goodwill of Game One is out the window with this game. And the Braves can sit there and give you the "we did our job, we stole home field advantage." Yeah. They right. I'm sorry, I had that reversed. Yes, the Braves can say they did their job, but all of the goodwill is out from Game One. Right. Now Houston knows we win one game, it goes back to Houston, where, by the way, we, like, never lose except for game one. And we we now – You can cross Freed and Morton off the list. Now you're you're having three games in Atlanta, and Ian Anderson's pitching one of them. That's all you know. Yep. So momentum in my mind, yes, it's 1-1. Yes, the Braves took home field away from Houston because they can win that home. But the momentum in my mind, if the score holds up, is a hundred percent on Houston side. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, uh, uh, Atlanta can make it more interesting. Let's see what happens the rest of this game. Yeah, exactly. And we will let you watch the rest of the game. I think that'll do it for us here. The next time you see us, there will be a World Series champion. We will be heading into the off season. We, I have an interview. I, I will not announce it until it's absolutely ready. But we will have a special interview at some point in the off season, which will shock you. Um. And then, of course, unfortunately, it is going to be very similar to 2020, where we're going to be discussing the CBA a lot. Uh, I would prepare yourselves for April 1st not being opening day. I could tell you that right off the bat. We're not starting opening day on time. I'm going to say that right now. I have said this before. I'm more confident there won't be any season at all than I am of baseball starting on time. <laughs> yeah, I can see. we're not getting – first of all, we're not getting – 162 games this year. I'm telling you that right now. We're not getting 162 games. And that may be something, this is a little bit of a hot take, that may be something that stays permanent. I can totally see MLB saying, you know what, we can only do 140 games because of the strike. And after the season, they'll say, you know what, we're going to keep it 140 games. Whatever they want in the CBA, we'll balance that out. Yep. And make the playoffs longer. I'll take it. Yes. Yeah. We'll make that money back in an extended playoff. Uh, and we'll, we'll shorten the season. I can totally see that happening. And then with the shortening of the season, that's how the, they can make it up to the players when they inevitably rake them over the coals in the CBA negotiation and get whatever they do that's going to be irreversible for the next five years. Max Fried is back out there. Take one for the team. Um, yeah, you're going to have to, I guess. Yep. So... Anyway, enjoy the rest of this World Series. We both hope the Braves win. I don't see it happening. Henry does. See how it plays out. This has been Dong City. Everyone, have a great night. Dong City, bitches.